This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Beck. Uh, hey, how about that uh, Barack Obama? Do you love him? I'm a big how much fan. You love him? Huge oh, fan. Oh my this goodness. This guy is the president of presidents, I say. I say he's the men of men. He's the president of presidents. He's the husband of husbands. He's the father of fathers. I assume he wouldn't go to King of Kings? Not quite. Host of hosts? He, no. No. Okay. No. But <laughs> everything sure? else, and everything else, he's perfect. He's, okay. he's never done anything wrong. He's the perfect, uh, he's husband. The perfect husband. He's the perfect father. father. He's never done anything wrong. Never done anything illegal. He's never done anything wrong. <laughs> Chris Matthews, by the way, we're quoting here. That's actually what he said about Barack Obama. Uh, he kind of hacked off the Chinese over there, though, a little bit. Because he, they, I, I guess they offered him a limo. He said, no, uh, I don't want your stupid, stinking Chinese limo. No, what are those those little short things? No, I don't want that. And they're like, no, it's a it's a regular limo. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird thing for him to say. But. I know, I know. Uh, so anyway, he went to the economic summit in Beijing, uh, biggest international event in the Chinese capital since the uh, 08 Summer Games. Wow. Uh, Communist Party launched a six month campaign to make Beijingers. Uh, behave in a more civilized fashion to welcome did. the world. I bet they did. Uh, what do they have to do to make them behave? Kill the ones that don't. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think the population <laughs> count is a little bit lower. Wow. <laughs> I wonder what that means. Uh, turns out the uh, the rude one in the eyes of the Chinese internet users was the uh, was the uh, president of the United States, which is great. Live TV coverage of on China's top state-run channel Monday night showed the leaders of the 21 Asian Pacific Economic Cooperation, member states uh, arriving in iconic socialist limousines along red-lit avenues at the Water Cube, the Olympic swimming venue. Obama said no to the red flag limousine service. I, you know, it's kind of hard to blame him on that No, one. I think he's right on that. I think he's right on that. You don't want to show up in a under a communist flag, right? Not under a communist flag, not to mention, uh, you know, here's a guy who supposedly preaches about income inequality all the right. time. You've got, mm -hmm. uh, you know, billion, literally about a billion people <laughs> suffering in this country who are, uh, can never, you know, can't even feed themselves. And yet you're yeah. coming in on the, in the most glorious uh, spectacle of all time. Uh, he's right on that. He did wear the goofy outfit, though. Can we go back yeah. to he that? He did wear he, the goofy outfit. He wore the goofy outfit. A lot so. of people comparing it to Star Trek. He probably should have said um, no to that. Mm -hmm. uh, that but here tough. comes all the... Here comes all the limos. Uh, do we have a shot of that? It's amazing. Look, Those at, are what gone. look at that. Look, look at, at what they did for this thing. The Chinese really go this. all out. Wow. I guess when you're a communist government and you, you don't have to listen to the people, you don't have to worry about them because it's not a government of, by, and for the people. It's like, screw you. We're doing it. We'll do what we want. Yeah. And that's what they do. 
So, I mean, it's beautiful. They did a nice uh, thing, but they, they did all these uh, red-flagged uh, limousines, and the president said, no, thank you, and uh, frankly, there's, there's the, like the third thing I've agreed with him on in six years. Yeah, uh, he did wear the Star Trek outfit, though, as you see there. Um, I, you know, it doesn't... This is awesome. He I is... Know. Look at this. He is with... There he is! Oh, He's with God. the Wives Club. I don't know. He's <laughs> I don't know either. I was looking at that. There's three too. people Come in between on. them. There's three people. No, two go, of them can, are wives. Can yeah, we stop, can we stop frame that? It's not as bad as, was, as it was said. It's bad. Can we go back to the uh, picture of we go uh, back to, of all of them standing and, there? And freeze frame that. Can we zoom in a little bit? I don't know. It looked like we were zooming in at one point. No. Oh, um, okay. The video showed it closer. I don't know if that's possible to bring back up. But if you see, you see the president of China, a, a female, maybe his wife, I don't know, a man, mm -hmm. a female, maybe the other guy's wife, and then and Obama. Barack. There's three people in yeah. between them. He's no. not over in the wives section. Yes, he is. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Well, that's just because Pooty Poot's right next to him. See, look yeah, at that. See. Look at that. Look how many people are between people. him. Yeah. One, no, two, there's three, three people. people. Three. Let's count here together. Three. Everybody ready? Okay. Here we go. Ready? Uh, Here's the president guy. Right. One, One, two, two three. three. Obama. And look at flagged on either side of him are wives. Yeah, but look, there's white. Like, I assume this is probably, these are matched up as a couple maybe. I don't know if these guys are a couple, but then he's the next right. one. Now, he's, that's not Michelle. No, that is not That's Michelle. definitely not Michelle there. But yeah. still, there's three people. He's with the wives. It's I, not as bad. Look, it's not as bad. Putin yes, got is. prime placement, but yes, it's not did. as bad as it was sold. Come yeah. on. It's, What's it's funny is he's, he's not, he is with the women, though, because he doesn't have a but he's wife not, with him. Though. He's not even the with the women. Like, look, Pooty Poo kicked his girlfriend look, out of there. There's a dude right here. Right behind mm -hmm. him, and there's a dude right here. He's he, he's it's a mixed farmers. crew. It's not the wives club. He's with the wives. He's with the wives. I don't even know if these are wives. Yeah, they're wives, and he's with I mean, the club. Every this clearly is not his wife. So why no, do we assume necessarily? It's somebody's wife. It's somebody's wife. Well, he's, he's stuck there between two wives. He's <laughs> <laughs> at the kids table. It's awesome. He's at the kids table. However, however, I, I'm not going to give them the issuing the the commie limo ride. That's no, that was a good, good thing. Good work. That was a good move by him. I'm going to praise him for that. Was awesome. Good for him. Good job on that one. I didn't know that was the deal on the limo ride. I thought he was just kind of being a jerk. But it's a red flag. He's not going to ride in that. No, uh, he shouldn't. Uh, the, but the thing he shouldn't have done that he did was he gets on stage and he's chewing gum. And that's just kind of an insult to them. Doesn't it, I mean it's disrespect? I don't really care. I'm sorry. China, cool. I'm sorry. Communist no, Chinese government in which you're killing I, all your people and starving. Uh, really, I don't mind. Sorry, we chewed some gum. It doesn't bother me on that one. I understand the you know maybe he should considering they pretty much own our country maybe mm -hmm. be a little bit uh, kiss ass to them. Uh, but I don't really respectful. Care. I don't know. Respectful maybe. Mm -hmm. But I'm not that worried about it. You know, another way to, res to be respectful it's a to your protocol, people. I'm sure. Probably sure is. another way to to be respectful to your people in China would be to not um, kill know, them. Kill them. Yeah. Don't make slaves out of them. Don't make. It's another good way. Yeah. Because in the, and you know this is what's disturbing about him going at all to this thing. Because I think there's an argument to, made that he, to be made that he doesn't go at all. This ridiculous right. festival in which they're spending hundreds of millions of dollars mm -hmm. to make these world leaders feel good in a country where a billion people are on the verge of starvation. And that is not cool. It's not cool. No, it's not. No, it's not. It's true. Uh, according to uh, Russian officials and security analysts, Moscow's worst standoff with the uh, West since the end of the Cold War <clears throat> has convinced Putin's government that it must 
uh, more in security interests, more with China now because the uh, Euro-Atlantic security architecture is broken beyond repair. So that's that's a, an awesome sign. And so the Russians have now uh, designated us an adversary. Now, I, we were all told years ago that, uh, that this administration and Hillary Clinton in, in particular, who was the uh, Secretary of State at, at the time, reset our relationship with, with the Soviet Union or with the Russians because it was so awful after George W. Bush. Mm -hmm. and we all know he ruined every relationship we have, right? So it was so uh, tattered and torn and beaten to shreds that they had to reset the relationship. Mm -hmm. And now they've declared us an adversary. What? Complete Boy, failure yet again. It's a bad reset. <laughs> I mean, I didn't, you know... You were supposed to reset it to something good. Yeah, we weren't clear yeah. about that. We, we just said reset. Uh, right, right. So we can, we can reset that it to true. something bad. That is true. So, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's go to Dan in Indiana. Dan's been holding on the phone probably since the uh, radio show. And uh, check in with uh, Dan. Hey, guys. Hi, you're on Pat and Stu. Hey, great to talk to you. You too. Um, I'm Scott. Scott, my fiance and I listened to him uh, after the, uh, the election night, and we didn't hear him beforehand for the first time, and we were stunned. Mm -hmm. And she's a surgeon and an easy person to stun. And um, I, I could not uh, believe that every, every utterance that had made he was in command of. And I am picturing a Tim Scott majority leader in the Senate versus a decrepit Mitch McConnell. Yes. Um... And Tim Scott, 49 in mm -hmm. Senate years is like a teenager. He's going to excite mm -hmm. people, excite conservatives, obviously. Yeah. And maybe finally a dent, a dent, probably nothing more than that, and the black vote. Um, and is Mitch McConnell off? Is, is, is he going to excite the Emperor Palpatine crowd? The guy has nothing. Yeah. Um, I, I see that Tim Scott could change the Republican Party literally to the entire face of the Republican Party in the future. Yeah. I mean, Tim Scott is great, He's Dan, great. and you're right. Uh, Makes too much sense, though. We like, we like him a lot. It, it won't happen, of course. He will not be Senate Majority Leader. Way too soon for that. Way too soon for that. I don't think it's, I mean, obviously, I know you don't think it's too soon for it either. Uh, it's just the fact that it's just, you they know, do. these guys all, you the know, this Senate is the does. problem, and this is why we're critical of Rand Paul. It's an these old guys get club. in a little, they're a little club, and they all vote for each mm -hmm. other. You, yep. know, you know, Rand Paul is going to wind up, if, who's the guy you would most closely associate Rand Paul to ideologically? Just put it in your head. Mike Lee, Ted Cruz, uh, you know, Tim Scott, whoever you think it is. If that person ran, Rand Paul would vote for Mitch McConnell. Right. Because it, regardless of who it is, because he ha they, they owe each other. They've got this little buddy thing going on. Right. And it's like, well, uh, you know, I, got, I have no use for that. I have no use for that. Tim Scott, you know, and the other part about it is repercussions if you run. If Tim Scott runs, he will be punished. He will, they will not give him any money for his campaign. They will, not, uh, they will not support him in any way. He will not get any role in government that's meaningful outside of voting. He will not get any committee uh, jobs. And, you know, and also he will be tortured until he's out of office. And, you know, at some point, and when you know it's a losing battle, because even people like Rand Paul won't support you, you don't even try. Yeah, it's, and, it's tough. And, uh, I, I mean, Dan's right about Tim Scott. He's great. Mm -hmm. we, we've liked him from the beginning. Uh, we liked him even when they were talking about him as the potential U.S. senator from mm -hmm. South Carolina. And then he became that, and then he's been really good since. And then he was elected, and he's been great uh, 
you know, for a while now. But it's, you know, it, what's it been, two years, a year and a half, year um, since he, he came more to prominence? Than, more than that. I mean, uh, you know, DeMint left. When did, what year did DeMint hmm. leave? 2010-11. Well, he, he definitely started the recession. Started we know recession. that for a fact. And then uh, he left in uh, was it 10 or 11? <laughs> 10 or 11, I think so. He's been he's, so he's been there a while. Yeah, he's been there a while. Uh, so I mean, you know, for us, it's uh, we we see these conservatives and we think, okay, let's put them where they need to be right now. But it just. And it'd be great if it could happen that way. It just doesn't work that yeah, way, and that especially type of thing, in the Senate. Yeah, you're talking about getting people like John McCain to vote for you. And, yeah, it's not going to happen. You know, if, if the conservatives, in the, and this is how we know we don't have enough conservatives in the Senate, yeah. and it's because these things aren't even possibilities right now. I mean, I, I don't even think they're even possible. Look at the guy, look at last time. Who was the guy we talked to, uh, Raul Labrador? <laughs> who we had on, um, mm -hmm. who was going for the House uh, majority leader against Boehner, who is, you know, everybody terrible. knows is terrible. Uh, and he couldn't even come close. Yeah. He didn't even come close in that one. It's it wasn't even a real fight. Everyone realizes that if they vote against Boehner, they will be punished. They will not be as effective. <laughs> and, you know, so no one does it. And if you, it's hard if to you get run, even run, you must know you're going to win. Right. You already have to have that block of people who have said, we're, we're with you. Yeah. Come what may, we're with you. So that if you... So that you know you're going to win so that then you're safe. Because if you lose, you're not going to see any committee you want to be on. And you're not going to have the appointments. You're not going to have the cash. They're going to keep everything from you. So it's, it's just one of those games that's uh, difficult to play. Yeah. Unless you've been there a really long time. And also, this is one of those years where the establishment, look at, they look at this race. And while it's great, I'm glad Republicans won across the board in, in most cases. The establishment looks at this as their victory. Mm -hmm. um, it's not seen as a Tea Party victory per se. While, the, of course, you know, people like Joni Ernst could easily be associated with a Tea Party. Ben Sass. Ben Sass, clearly. Um, you know, and there's, and there's other examples of that. I mean, you know, Dave Bratt, everyone just totally forgot about that whole thing. Um, but the, the, um, this is not one of those years where you're going to see a change like that. I mean, 2010, it was more likely just because it was, you know, and, you know, there was such a Tea Party wave. And that was it. This is really like one of those years where they're seeing this as their own victory. Now, of course, that's not it's not accurate, really. Um, and, uh, you know, it's funny because their other argument was don't challenge people in primaries because then none of those people will be able to win. You'll expend too much resources in the primary, and then you'll never be able to win the general election. Well, you won the general election. Uh, you know, you were chal Chris mm -hmm. McDaniel challenged Thad Cochran. Thad Cochran still won. Uh, Greg Brandon ch uh, challenged uh, Tom Tillis. Tom Tillis still won. Uh, it didn't wind up hurting them at all. Uh, so that's a BS argument. It should be thrown out, out the window. Um, and, you know, look, I'm not happy with all the candidates that want to run for the Republicans, but they will be better, and I'm glad the Republicans have control to hopefully at least do something. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, meanwhile, there was a beautiful moment between our president and Vladimir Putin at this gathering in China. Apparently, they were on either side of the Chinese president, uh, Xi Jinping, as they walked into the conference room. And it's, a, it's an ornate, uh, really elaborate conference room. And in English, uh, Putin turned to Obama and he said, it's beautiful, isn't it? And Obama said, yeah. And it's it nice. was just uh, tears. That's really nice. Uh, wow. The tears come Sweet. easily as I think about that moment a cold war? between the two of them. Who says there's a cold There's not. <laughs> Even in the report it says, oh, yes, Obama replied coldly, and then they both moved on. <laughs> they do not like no. each other. No, they do not. Uh, and like so also, uh, who's out in China? Who's out? Who's out in China? Yeah. But who's in? 
Well, no. no, who's out? No, who's, who's out, out in out. China? Well, then who is in? out in China? No, who How is can not he be out if he's in? He's well, who's in. out? But he, but who's in then? Who is not in? Who's out? No, yeah, who's no. out? Who's out? Well, then who's in? Right. Okay. Triple uh, No. Seven two seven. Back. We'll <laughs> continue more of this. What I'm saying is, who brilliant comedy is out? Coming up. And then, and who, then who can't be in because Jing Pin is in, but that one doesn't work, so <laughs> you just keep saying who over and over again. The one before that worked, wasn't even. Yeah, there like was a what? what? Or why? Yeah. Or yeah. how? Or how? Or something? <laughs> or a where? Uh, singles Day. Huh? Is it? Mm-hmm. Any uh, singles in here? Uh, Jeffy. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Yet. Amazing. You. Well, my wife, your wife texted me. Close. She was filing some papers. <laughs> She'll get back to you on it. It's not the first time. Bring it. <laughs> actually, it actually isn't the first time. Just uh, <laughs> so you... Oh, no, I know yeah. it's not. Okay, yeah. good. Okay. I know it's not. Uh, singles Day is a day for people who are single. Literally. Mm -hmm. November uh, 11th is the date. Uh, it's chosen for the connection between singles and the number one. In other words, it's just kind of lazy. They saw a bunch of ones and they said, let's make it singles day. They call it Gwengungji. Mm. That's what I call it, too. Uh, a lot of people say singles day. I say <laughs> Gwengungji. Really? So, yeah. You do actually I, say. I correct them all the time because people are saying, hey, are you going to celebrate singles day? And I say, what do you mean? You mean, you mean Gwengungji? Yes, I am celebrating that. <laughs> if that's what you're speaking of. Weirdo singles day? What's the matter with you? Pat gets very angry ah, when you don't say me Jing-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-gong-
When I you, wouldn't think so. I don't think so. Did you, did you know? When, I, I, I wouldn't even know ask what a time girl. it is at the bar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Thank you again, Jeffy, as always, for bringing clarity to the discussion. <laughs> Seriously, you knew. When you, <laughs> Absolutely. You right? Know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you have conversations about yes. it. Yeah. You know it's coming. This is not... It's not one of those situations, except for every Lifetime movie, you right. always it's know. not a surprise, correct. My daughter didn't know for some reason. She, when she, really? when her boyfriend, at the time, her boyfriend, uh, we went to Utah on vacation, and he, we were uh, leaving this ice cream place that we just, the whole family had had a little treat together, and he's walking out, and he's like, um, can, I, can I ride with you? you, you and me, just alone? Like, I guess... And so, so we're driving back, uh, back home, and uh, just the two of us, and then everybody else is in the other car behind us. And he's asking for my permission to marry my daughter, uh, which was yeah, very cool and touching. And, and so I, I said yes, because, you know, he's a great guy. But he had this plan where he was going to ask her to marry him in the place where my wife and I had our first date on our anniversary, uh, so he's asking her to marry him. On our, it was just a really romantic and, and cool thing to do. So, uh, so on October 11th, he had this plan that he's going to ask her to marry him at this place where we had our first date, a place called Lakai in Salt Lake City. And uh, so everything was cool. This was in like July, so he had this plan for a long time. By September, she's like, okay. This is going nowhere. I'm not doing this any longer. Uh, so if this is not going anywhere, you need to tell me right now. And he's like, no, 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 no. Let's just keep it going. Let's just Because he has the plan. It's like two right. weeks away. Oh. It's two weeks away. And she's, she just melts down because she doesn't know it's coming. Oh. Right. So sometimes they don't know it's coming. But she melted down and he's like, he's like, no, no, no. Let's just keep it going. No, I'm done. It's over. And she starts to leave. And so he had to start crying and so did he wussed out and he had to tell her. Had to tell I was going to ask you on your parents' anniversary. Oh my gosh, I love you so much. Well, didn't she have some kind of clue when he said, "Hey, apparently not." Apparently not. Hey, Mr. Gray. No, uh, I don't know if we, we thought we were talking about together? football together or what. But we didn't have to be alone for that. Right. So apparently, she had no idea. That is amazing. Yeah. And so did so, she? Did say yes. She did eventually say yes. That's nice. Ooh, yes. And did she yes. apologize for ruining she his did. romantic yeah. gesture? Yeah. We, she had to apologize to all of us because I was pretty excited about the whole thing. And, uh, and she wrecked it. She wrecked it. We've never forgiven her. You've never talked course, to her again. Of course, we disowned her and we don't talk to her anymore. So. <laughs> Boy, do I know what that's like. <laughs> yes, you do, don't you? <laughs> I do. How many daughters do you have that I you haven't do. spoken to in, in ever? years or ever? Yeah, too many to count. Most of the time, you didn't even hang around to find out if it was a daughter or a son, <laughs> to be fair. To be fair to That's you. Fair. To be fair That's to you. <laughs> but uh, Singles Day in, in China, it's not even about being single, right? It's about the single number 11, uh, so November 11th. So it's the 11th month, 11th day. Right, and all the, and all the numbers 11, add 11. up to 11, so it's triple 11 day. So Gary, the numbers guy, will be calling any minute. Yeah. You do know, by the See, way. See, that's what happens. A guy buys 99 iPhones on 1111. Okay. You do know that uh, we are only months away from Super Pi Day. You guys are familiar oh, with this? Oh, no. Uh, no. Yeah, 3.1415. Are we going to have like a giant pie here? Three point no. 
3.1415. You know, pi, the number. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. Yeah. So it's, that's 3.1415. I know. So, oh, yeah, okay. March so 14th, March. 2015 is okay. 3.1415. That sounds great, but are we going to have really a big exciting. pie here? Um, uh, Natasha! Where's the pie? We need a pie for the future Super Pie Day, which is only in a few, yeah, a few months away. And then, then yeah, we'll need we another pie on the pie day. I think a daily pie for right. Super oh, Pie Day. Countdown to Pie Day. Countdown to Pie Day. And we can do different types of pies. We can have pizza pies and regular pies. And then every day we'll sing 99 different pies yeah, to eat. What's 99 table. different pies. 99 pies per day is all we need. Eat just so. one. It's not that fun. <laughs> so you eat another pie on the wall. All right, let's go to Glenn in Utah. Glenn, uh, you're on Patent Stew. Hello. Hello. Hi. How's it going? Good. <laughs> Speaking of pies, <laughs> that uh, is my favorite icebreaker question in the world, asking people what their favorite kind of pie is. Really? Uh, is that successful for you? It is very successful. It's better than asking people where they're from, what yeah. their social security number is and you know important information like that yeah social security probably doesn't really work that well with the chicks hey baby what's your social security number <laughs> jeffy anyway but i, I was you calling in because uh, about a, a week or, or two ago you guys were uh talking about how much you love doritos mm -hmm. anyway i made a doritos mm -hmm. commercial because you guys inspire me with your love of doritos uh -huh. really and okay. uh and I, I was wanting you guys to see it. Okay. Uh, is it we... on YouTube or something? Um, it, it's a Doritos uh, Crash the Super Bowl. Uh, so if you go to crashthesuperbowl.doritos.com. Crashthesuperbowl.doritos.com. And then you search right. for what? Glenn in Utah's Doritos commercial? Uh, Glenn, not uh, Glenn in Turnbow. Or you could just search... Doritos cards beard. Doritos cards of beard. All right, Jeffy, we'll look for okay. this in the break. And we'll We're going to look for that. We will check it out. Uh, thanks for the tip, Glenn. Yeah, and if, if, if you it do sucks, win, you're in trouble, though. If you do win, however, um, I will give you a really secondary uh, prize of waving at you from the other side of the stadium. Wow, that's big of you. Yeah. Because you're going to be at the Super Bowl, I'm guessing. You know what? I hadn't thought about it, but yes. Uh, I will, Where is it this it. coming? It's in uh, Phoenix, actually. Is it? Uh, this is the second one I've been to in Phoenix. It's a really nice stadium. Like, it's, it's, yeah. it's a cool place to see a game. And, uh, you, know, you know, who knows? Despite their quarterback situation, there may be a home team Super Bowl for the first time ever this year. Oh, at least yeah, there's a wow. chance of it. Arizona's, you know, the best record in the league right now. If anybody can get him there, it's Drew Stanton. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I mean, as the cliche goes, if anyone can get him there, it's Drew, Drew Stanton. Stanton. Yeah. 888-727-BET. More patents, too, coming up. I really want some Doritos. Where are the Doritos? Where are the Doritos? What can we say? Heartbreak of psoriasis, psoriasis of the liver. There's all kinds of things. But uh, Oh, yeah, we were talking about what's wrong with Glenn. Yeah. Uh, he did that as well last <laughs> night. Uh, he did a what's wrong with Glenn special. 
um, which was not long enough, uh, honestly, to actually catalog everything. Um, no, you get a pretty good idea. Though. You have to do a one-week special, yes. and the show has to be on continually. Now, tonight, there will be even more about kind of the plan of where he's going yeah. as a result of this. Do and, not miss it. But last, no, last night was more about what caused this sort of transition with Glenn. And, you know, look, it's everywhere in the media today. I mean, almost every major media source mm -hmm. did something on the show last night. Um, so hopefully you were there to watch it. We do have, um, you know, we did have a lot of people, though, that didn't see it and were asking about it. Um, decided to put together, um, you know, give you a couple of good chunks today so you can kind of get up to speed for tonight's show. Uh, here's Glenn talking about what really started this whole process. Watch. For a long time, I have wondered exactly what I was supposed to do. Uh, I'm not in it for the money. I never have been. If you read Forbes magazine, you might read a couple of weeks ago that I've made a lot of money in the last five years. I will tell you that we're living exactly the same lifestyle we were living five, six years ago. And we've spent almost every dime of that building something, building this network. It's the network that you are building. By being a subscriber, by buying some of our products, we have built this platform. We've done half of the job. We have built the delivery system, if you will, for a message. Because I believe in the end, we can change the world for good. I am what my team would call a believer. And that is somebody who works here, not for the money, not for the experience, but because they actually believe in the vision. A vision that says we can be better. We can be better as a people. We can be better as a nation. We can be better as individuals or parents. We can be better than what we have allowed ourselves to become. Yet, over the last couple of years in particular, I have had my faith tested profoundly because I am a believer and I do believe that we have been, we have work to do. But I have begun to wonder if maybe I was making all of this up because there was no way for any of this to work. You may have heard me express doubt from time to time, where lately I have said, I don't know how this is all going to work. And it must have been confusing to you at times, because I am a pessimist on, on so many things, but I know when it comes to God, all things are possible. I'm a pretty optimistic guy when it comes to that. When we set our mind to it and we are trying to be obedient, we can accomplish anything. And I've received literally hundreds of emails and letters telling me, Glenn, Glenn, what is it, the business model? That's, that's tough, but have faith. I do have faith. Probably a lot more than you can imagine. Because... The reason I worried about this plan of ours had nothing to do with business. I want to start at the beginning. All of this began just before the big event we had in Washington, D.C. It was 828, Restoring Honor. That day, we gathered. You want a miracle? Here's miracle number one. Over 500,000 Americans looking for something better. They were looking for something real. 
I changed there that day, and I think if you were there, it changed you as well. Standing on those steps, I remember hearing my voice hit the Washington Monument and echo back to me, and it was a profound moment in my life. Every word, I remember feeling every word has to be measured. First, do no harm. Don't get me wrong, I have never set out to do any harm, but that day something new stirred in me. I was about to change in a big way. After that event, I went home, and I heard in my prayers something that was bizarre. I heard, you're standing in the wrong place. At first, I didn't even understand that. But through some amazing events in my life, it became clear. Okay, I had to leave Fox. But then I had to stop doing the show that I was doing as well. I would be doing things in ways that I didn't even understand. I, I didn't even know what the show was supposed to be like. Last year, my, my business partner said to me, Glenn, let's just do the show that you want. And I said, I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. I, I don't know how to do that. The Fox show was important, what we do, covering the news, what we do here every day. No one else was sharing that. The same with the radio show. I didn't know how to do any other show. What are you telling me to do, Lord? I'll do it. Just tell me what you want me to do. So it was right after this event, about six months after this in Washington, that I met with Billy Graham. I had been reading Bonhoeffer and George Whitfield as well in that journey I will share with you a little later on in this week. And it took me to places that honestly scared the living daylights out of me. At first, I rejected it up until about 18 months ago. I've shared bits and pieces of this over the last four and a half years, but something else began just around the same time, and I have never shared it with you. In fact, until recently, until really last couple of weeks, only my closest friends and family have known any of this. As I said at the beginning of the show, I think you've known something wasn't quite right. You may have seen things maybe on theblaze.com that haven't seemed to fit with maybe my principles. You're like, where's Glenn? Uh, or I've been absent for, from where you think I should have been. Why doesn't he get on a plane and go there? We lost a summer event that we've all grown accustomed to this last summer, and I've taken an awful lot of time off. Then there were what the press would like to call those policy changes. All of this love talk, bringing toys to the border, reaching out to those who hate me, apologizing on the air for helping tear the country apart. I personally contend that those were not changes, but they were instead just a deepening of what I have believed for a very long time, that is, love is the answer. But whatever they are, or however they've been perceived, they have confused many people, including those in my own audience, maybe even you. Last summer, when we moved off this soundstage, stage 19, and we moved into our office abruptly. Many people were very confused. The sound wasn't right, and it just was awful. It was awful. I couldn't tell you the truth. People wrote in and said that they, could, they felt they, that I no longer cared. They no longer cared about the show. They no longer cared about the cause, and they were going to cancel their subscription, and many did. I had to go on the air that week and ask you for something I had never asked you before, ever, and I hope to never ask you ever again. And that is, please, trust me. 
I knew that the secret that I was keeping was separating us. And for personal reasons, business reasons, and you name it, I have not wanted to open up to you until tonight. But the real reason we have made these changes, the real reason that you are seeing changes in me, is my health. I was told by doctors just this last spring when we moved off this stage that I could no longer work as the way I had been working because it was literally killing me. About five years ago, right around the time we met in Washington, D.C. for 828, I had begun to have a string of health issues that, quite honestly, has made me look crazy. And, quite honestly, I have felt crazy because of them. My vocal cord paralysis, my strange eyesight problems, and at first what we believed was just a simply very painful form of neuropathy. While I was at Fox the pain would get so bad that my camera crew, God bless them, my executive producer, Tiffany, and our director, Sarah, worked out hand signals so they would know when to take the camera off of me. We didn't know at the time what was causing me to feel as though out of nowhere my hands or feet or arms and legs would feel like someone had just crushed them or set them on fire, or pushed broken glass into my feet. I can't tell you how many nights, how many nights my wife would sit in the light looking at the bottom of my feet to make sure that there really wasn't any glass in them. At the same time, something else was happening. That at first, I actually thought it was an advantage. I actually worked this one. I thought this was great. And it is the answer to the most frequently asked question of me. How do you do it all? Do you ever sleep? I would always say, oh, yeah, not a lot. The real answer was, no. I could usually sleep maybe two to four hours a night. The great thing about it was I was never tired. We at a time talked about hiring a nighttime assistant. My daytime assistant would go home and my nighttime assistant would start at 6 p.m. and work sometimes until 2. That's how much we were working, and I was wearing everyone out. The doctors tell me that up until recently, I hadn't had any even real REM sleep in maybe as long as a decade. I didn't have a dream that I remember except for one in that decade. And quite honestly, this isn't a symptom that you look to fix. If you have a ton to do, you're like, I don't need sleep. This is great. But the first sign of trouble that I noticed was what I call a time collapse. If we had met before, I couldn't tell you if it was a month ago, a year ago, when we were in high school. I didn't remember. I knew I knew you and I could remember, but I, I didn't know it was last week. And I then began to lose names and faces. And over time, entire conversations would go away. This is early on, this is maybe four years ago, and the doctors told me that it was normal for somebody who was processing as much as I was at the time. They say that it happens to presidents, and even Winston Churchill wrote about it. While the essential facts remain, life becomes fuzzy, and your computing power just spits that stuff out. It doesn't have any extra space in the hard drive. Mm. We're not um, 
susceptible to suggestion. Not at all. From advertising or when people <laughs> say things. Just a wild coincidence. We are eating Doritos now after that guy 15 minutes ago said Doritos. Mm, so. These things are good. Yeah, they are. <laughs> I don't know why people badmouth these bad boys because these There's are nothing good. wrong with them. They're really good. And it's not like we watched that entire Dorito, uh, health clip of Glenn while eating Doritos. <laughs> no. That didn't, no. No, it isn't. What no. happened? Why do people suggest that? I don't know. So weird. Um, so we have a, a situation here um, that of, of utmost importance mm -hmm. for this program. Which is Pizza Hut has made a move into Kraft Pizza. So where's the Kraft Pizza for Pizza Hut here? I asked the Natasha. same question. I asked the same question, and I think there's an answer to it this time for once. Really? Which is, um, uh, it's not out for yet. It's out the November 19th. So? This particular pizza ah, Pat brings up yet. a good point. Mm -hmm. Pat brings up a good point there. <laughs> Did you think about that? Mm -hmm. Can you say think about it, Jeffy? What, you're going to take no for an answer? Hey, is that acceptable? When was that acceptable in this company? So? Yeah, that's a great point. The whole point here is we're supposed mm -hmm. to make things happen, make dreams right. happen. Where's the pizza? So you go to Pizza Hut and you say, make us one. Mm -hmm. Show us what it's like. Yeah. And then you bring it here. How many pizza, how many pizza huts are there in America without looking? How many mm. pizza huts are there in America? I'm going to say less than there once was, but yeah, I'm going to say 1,500. 1,500. 1,000. 1,000. 6,300. What? Still? Really? 6,300 Pizza Huts in America. Do you know the last time I was at Pizza Hut, I bet was 30 years ago? Uh, I ordered, years I ordered ago. one fairly recently, within the last couple of years, because they had that, that pizza box, and I kept seeing it on TV, and oh, I was, right. as I am, very susceptible to food <laughs> advertising. Yeah. So I purchased it. It was not delightful, I will say. Mm. However, this sounds great. Uh, domestic stores will offer 10 crust flavor toppings, half a dozen sauces, five new ingredients, including mm. cherry peppers, Peruvian cherry peppers, salami, fresh spinach, and a variety of drizzle sauces, such as balsamic and barbecue. Uh, wow. Yes. That really sounds good. It does. Crust flavorings will include salted pretzel. Yes. Toasted cheddar. Yes. Yes. And a curry variety. I don't know. Maybe. I'll give it a whirl. Uh, crushed tomato, garlic parmesan, and buffalo yes. flavored will yes. be among oh the gosh. available sauces. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. In terms of specialty pizza recipes, there are 11 of those. With names like old-fashioned meat brawl. Or I guess the meats will be fighting on your pizza. Um, sweet sriracha dynamite. Uh, okay, yeah. Garden party. Jeffy. I'm up for any party. Yep. Barbecue bacon cheeseburger. Oh, my gosh, yes. Oh, Along oh with gosh. five lower-calorie no. skinny slice Those are the ones I don't want. That are said to have more than 250 calories, <laughs> no more than 50, 250 calories per slice. No, thank you. The new items will be available nationwide starting November 19th. And this brings me back to a philosophy you've uh, articulated many times, which is when you see the calories and you know the calories, you pick the higher-calorie items. Yes, yeah. because you know it's going to taste better. You or at know least in that. your mind you believe it is. Well, of course it is. More calories means better taste. I think I... We all know that. <laughs> it does, right? It's, it's a fact. Yeah. I was at... Um, and it's, it's crazy because sometimes I was at um, uh, TGI Fridays once and they had the cal calories on the menu. Yeah. And there's some... I'm like, ah, I should probably get something healthy. I'm trying to... I don't know. I'm such a fat ass. Look at the calories. Look... <laughs> so I look at the, uh, I look at the calories and the salad. I'm, gonna, I'm looking through the salads and this, I'm like, I'll get that salad. And then I see the calorie next to it. It's like 970 calories for this salad. Wow. And I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, if I'm going to spend 970 calories, mm -hmm. I'm going fettuccine Alfredo. No question. Yeah. So I go over to the fettuccine Alfredo. The fettuccine Alfredo is like 950 calories. Really? It was less than the stupid salad I was about to buy. Oh, wow. Thankfully, I knew and got the 950 calorie 
fettuccine Al- Alfredo, Alfredo on a day where I was trying to eat burns more calories, good. though, eating the salad. What's that? Your body actually burns more calories eating the salad. Uh, not true. Not true. In fact, we actually, one of the stories we had the other day, that whole thing where a celery is a negative calorie food. It can get more mm-hmm. calories to eat than it is. That's not true. It isn't? Not true. Really? I've heard that my whole life. <laughs> I know. It's a food myth. We Would had this on the uh, prep, actually, uh, the other day, right, Natasha? Uh, we, should, we should pull that story up. That'd be a f- it's actually a, g- a good fit for this stupid show. Uh, it was like 10 food <laughs> myths, and one of them was that. that it, because I think it's 10 calories for, uh, for celery, and it, it, it takes about 2 calories to eat it. Uh, it's close, so though. It's a plus 8. I mean, it's close. Yeah, but it's celery. It's, yeah, but it's close. I if thought celery eat, was like a zero. Eating, I'm talking about your, the way that your body, your innards... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Eat the food. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know anything about your innards. Mm-hmm. It takes more about for your body to work and dissolve. No, I'm salad. with you so far. Not according to this article. You know, you know what it takes it, your body it, a long other... time to work off. Uh, I mean, it takes it takes a lot of work for your body to do it, and so you burn all kinds of calories. Cheeseburger. Really? Yeah. I've never heard yeah, that. It takes before. a lot of work, so it's actually good for you in the end. Doesn't seem to be accurate. You know what the other thing What's is? Ribeye steak. Ribeye steak. You want to eat a lot out of it. That's really? That's I do. Uh, and that that's was why just I've showed got, you that study. I've got this incredible 25 physique. years ago. Right. And, uh, whew, I've been living it. Yeah. You have been living it. Yeah. And living you have, the dream, man. We should uh, recognize once again you have finally beaten anorexia. With, don't make I mean, fun I'm of not. I'm saying with a baseball bat. You try to make fun you of beat it, it into submission. Beat it to death. Black you committed genocide on it. Oh my gosh! Congratulations, Jeffy. I've never seen anybody so successful with this. That's incredible. It is uh, Pat and Stu and Fatso. What's his name? I just call him Fatso. (laughs) Really? (laughs) No. No, I don't. No, Um, we don't. I do have those food myths. Should we go through some of these? Should we? I think it's kind of interesting. (laughs) I do, too. Okay. I mean, if you want to go through a bunch of lies. That's what I'm saying. Celery does not have negative calories. That's a lie. Some foods, particularly celery, are touted as having negative calories, meaning your body supposedly uses up more uh, calories digesting them, so your innards are used in that process. Okay. Is there any food food that does that then? No. In actuality, there are no negative calorie foods. There are no negative calorie foods. What about ice cream? That's not even close, Pat. That's it a takes, high calorie. It, it takes a lot of negative calories. That's got to be ice cream because your body yeah. doesn't even just slides right through. Right. That's right. Um, how about this one for Thanksgiving? Turkey <laughs> does not actually make you sleepy. Well, I don't believe that, that either. It's, either. That's not true. Well, there's two things that happen with turkey. You wind up eating a lot of food on Thanksgiving. Yeah. So that makes you sleepy. Correct. However, the tryptophan inside the turkey mm-hmm. is not, not enough tryptophan to make <laughs> you sleepy. Really? Tryptophan, in theory, if you had enough of it, could make you sleepy. Hmm. Uh, but there's not enough of it in the turkey that you eat. Well, there isn't my turkey. I'm telling you. Well, you eat 15 turkeys. Hmm. I mean, you okay. you eat an entire. You're a turkey holocaust. <laughs> a, 
a turkey holocaust mm -hmm. in and of yourself. Turkey right. holocaust, yes, yes. We so are. that's that's. I mean, that's a different thing. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, then you'd probably get sleepy if you ate every turkey on Earth, right? You would get sleepy at that point. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not comfort food that makes you feel better. That's a lie, too. After a tough day or a breakup, it's often that we turn for comfort. But according to a recent study published in the whatever, blah, 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 journal, mm -hmm. it's time, not comfort food, that makes people feel better. A hundred people watched a 20-minute film designed to make them sad and angry. The group who ate their specifically chosen comfort food afterwards did not have a significant improvement in their mood. How do you know this crap? I hate those yeah, studies like that. That's stupid stuff. What are you talking about? Trust Come me, on. comfort food makes you... Yes. Mm -hmm. There it is right there. Happy. You feel better? Mm-hmm. Yes. See? This is from the book, uh, uh, Don't Swallow Your Gum. Now, so I guess that that is a myth, too? That That's on the list, You swallow yeah. your gum? Yeah. It's okay to swallow your gum. Yeah, that's number three myth. Um, it doesn't take seven years for chewing gum to work its way through you if you swallow it. How long does it take? Uh, nothing would reside that long unless it was so large it couldn't get out of the stomach or was trapped in the intestine. Um, most of what gum is, uh, uh, is made of is indigestible. Some components, such as the sweeteners, will break down. The rest of the gum will pass through pretty much undisturbed. <laughs> Jeffy? So you just you get rid of it another way. You process it. And you, and it it leaves. Back. It exits. Yes. Okay, um, how about this one? Most vegetarians can easily get enough protein. Hmm. I guess that's not true. You can't get easily enough. One of the first questions people ask when they find out if someone is vegetarian is how do they get enough protein if they don't eat meat? Oh. According to the U.S. Center for Disease Control and Prevention, prevention and they're always, the CDC is always on the mark. Oh, <laughs> they found that no out kidding. recently. Yeah. Uh, the average woman needs 46 grams of protein and men need 56. Most Americans consume more than their required amount, and there are plenty of sources that are veggie friendly. So I guess oh, okay. the myth is that oh, you that you can't, can't get the protein, but you actually so, can. I see. Yeah. Uh, which uh, I would say, yeah, probably makes sense. Uh, dairy is not the best thing for your bones. That's interesting. Yeah, that's new. Lots of people think milk is essential for healthy bones, and while it's true that you do need to make sure that you get enough calcium to help prevent osteoporosis, drinking milk is not the only way to get that. I mean, did anybody ever say it was the only way to no. get it? No. Uh, in fact, gram for gram for gram kale has slightly more calcium than whole, whole milk. That's why I eat so much kale. <laughs> you are so yes. big on kale. Oh, my gosh. Uh, kale is a superfood. The other and day, I super eat it every day. You invited almost. me over, and I have not responded yet, but you invited me over mm -hmm. for Kaleathon 2014, yeah. uh, in which Pat will be serving all kale-themed kale dishes. Kale, um, quinoa, <laughs> but kale. mostly kale. Kale is the star of every dish. Kale does a body good, brought to you by the American Kale Association. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, Leafy greens, tofu, spinach, uh, dried fruit, and are all non-dairy sources of calcium that are great. Okay. Um, but calcium, uh, calcium alone won't cut it. You need vitamin D2 uh, and uh, blah, blah, blah. This next one is not true. Sugar doesn't make kids hyperactive? Hmm. What? Wow. I don't believe that. I don't I'm believe sorry, either. I don't believe that. True. And now I don't believe that. Well, let's, let's, let's read the explanation. Yes, there are plenty because... of reasons to limit the sugar uh -huh. you give to your children. Mm -hmm. But it turns out one often cited reason that too much sugar makes kids hyperactive has no basis in fact. That's not true. There have been at least 12 double-blind randomized control trials testing how children mm. react to different le levels of sugar in their diet. None of them found a link between sugar and hyperactivity. Let me tell you something. These yeah. people have never had children. Well, they the say, people who say this is not true and have never I've, had children. I agree with you, Pat. They say that the, they, find, they found mm -hmm. that uh, the parents who uh, said that they had given their children a bunch of sugar 
then they immediately thought their kids were more hyper, you know, more active. Right, kind of says that here. It says, so, in another experiment, scientists found uh, that if parents thought their child had been given a sugary drink, they rated their right. child's behavior as more hyperactive, even if the drink was really sugar-free. I, hmm. See, I, I, maybe the word is that's hyperactive, though. Maybe that's yeah. the problem. Like, does it give you, does that give them more energy so they run around a little bit more? I, yeah. yeah, and that's what happens when you have sugar, calories or energy. Yeah. Uh, sugar that w would do that in, sh in the short term. So are we parsing with hyperactive? So is hyperactive, though, like a long-term right. condition? Like, I don't think it would lead to a long-term condition. I just think when you eat the sugar for an hour afterwards or so, you got a little more and more energy, right? Yeah. Like, I don't, not, maybe hyperactive is, is some, <clears throat> like, they're, they're saying, like, the right. official medical diagnosis of hyperactivity, which maybe that's a little different, I think. This last one is really problematic for me because I've, always been told and always believed this is true mm. so this is a problem <laughs> is it? it's a problem this is one you this is a story I, you wish we didn't do yeah okay. this i don't like alcohol doesn't entirely burn off during cooking this, this complete a, story is a problem that is not true yeah the whole thing is okay. just a sham isn't it people <laughs> people often don't think about the alcohol they put into food thinking it all burns off during the cooking process but according to the journal of american diabetic association Cooking always results in some, but not total loss of alcohol. No, wait, wait till you hear the rest of this. A, <laughs> a study published in Whoa! Holy crap, you're going to really not like this. this. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you are going to be adjusting the way you eat after this story. A study published in the journal in 1992 tested, this is bad for, for Mormons. Yes. <laughs> if, you're, if you're LDS and you, use, you, know, you cook with alcohol from time to time, recipes wait. call for that, and you think, okay, well, it's all right because it... It burns off. We do have a significant uh, Mormon audience, obviously, in this program. Uh, yeah. Glenn's quite a favorite, as well as mm -hmm. Pat. Um, so at this time, it might be time to just turn the TV off for a minute <laughs> you don't before know Pat reads the next couple sentences. Yeah, you don't want to know. Because you're not going to want to know. A this. study published in the journal in 1992 tested six recipes and found that they retained between 4 and 85% of the alcohol content after cooking. Holy crap, that's 85%? I mean, that's essentially you're just having the alcohol. Of course, yeah, go what, were these, what were these recipes? Right. You know, well, you Brandy Alexander pie, which you would expect to keep most of the alcohol, to a pot roast simmered for a long time. Pot roast simmered for a Who long puts time. Booze in their pot roast. I don't know. I've never done that. This list, this list, I bet it's good. It's from BuzzFeed, by the way. Well, I will, beer, I, I will say this: wine and beer are pretty common food, uh, you know, uh, cooking yeah. uh, additives. So are you know? I mean, you could put brandy and mm -hmm. uh, rum in yeah. a lot of different things. A lot of different recipes call for that stuff, and it really does add a certain. Je ne sais quoi, quoi yeah, if you will. It's called alcohol. Uh, yes. <laughs> and it tastes good. It, uh, but you think, you assume, at least I do, that the alcohol that's what I've always has thought. been burned off completely, but apparently not. Now, we should put this in perspective. This that's is one bad. article from BuzzFeed. So maybe okay, you do a little true. additional research uh, uh, there. But BuzzFeed does put an interesting list together wow. here. And uh, it's worth checking out, I guess. I think, you know, this, this happens, right? I mean, like sometimes you, yeah. you learn something a new lot. and you've got to change things. I don't know. If that's it. That'll be an interesting one to see how, if you, you know, if you're able to follow up on that. Yeah, I'm going to look into that. I have to. Because we do that. I mean, we, you, we it's use a serious it thing. Time. Yeah, not a lot. You know, not every day, but every once in a while, something calls for something, and you think, yeah, okay, that'd be good. And you put it's a little burn yeah. off because it's going right. to burn. I off. honestly thought that was totally true. 
I'll be honest. That I one I thought, I thought it burned off in cooking. Because you can even... Everybody says it. Yeah, and kids even, you, kids can eat it, right? Like, yes. you'd serve that to a kid. Because yeah. cook, the wine cooks off during, yeah. during the, the process, no? Yeah. By the way, Jeffy, uh, the heroin also does not cook off during the process <laughs> when you heat it in the spoon. That's still, that's still heroin. <laughs> no, it sounds yeah. weird, but yeah. <clears throat> He's actually been counting on that one for... <laughs> I'm a, not an addict. I heat up the heroin years. before I inject it. <laughs> and no. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's say not. that in the story. You <laughs> it doesn't. That is not one of the food myths. Oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, I believe, I, I, I knew the tryptophan thing. I'd heard that a while ago. The comfort food one is kind of BS. Chewing gum, I knew it didn't take seven yeah. years. Celery, negative calories. I never really believed that. Although I did. it seems well, somewhat negative plausible. Negative calories is not, I mean, not, obviously nothing is negative calories. That's, you always have food in it, but it takes more to, right. to but, good, run it through. That's, it, but that's not true. Yeah, no, it is. It's the only minor no, thing. That's true. Uh, vegetarians can get protein. That one, it, it's harder than, it's not easy, right? Like, you have to think about it a little bit. As that's a vegetarian, you, you can't. Like, I think there's a lot of vegetarians that eat healthy. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just really problematic for me. You don't want to eat healthy. Mm-hmm. You want to make sure you're not going to eat, you know, freaking lettuce all the time. You got to eat stuff like pizza and Doritos. That's where Doritos. you get your protein and you know, cheese. good with those Doritos is steak. Oh, really? Then you yes. got uh, dairy is the best thing for your bones. I would have thought dairy was the best thing for your bones. I just I would have I bought would that. I bought that one. I would too. Sugar doesn't make kids hyperactive. Again, there's an issue I, with that one. Yeah. And the alcohol one I completely believed. Like, literally yeah. thought that was fact. Those are some good myths. Yeah. I mean, really look into, I mean, I, I'm going to have to look into some yeah, of that. Too. Yeah. Uh, so, so eight seven two seven Beck. And uh, coming up, we're going to have another uh, clip. Speaking of uh, hor- people with horrible health, uh, Glenn Beck. Uh, speaking of uh, his his uh, illness last night, kind of going into we left. Give you a little chunk last hour. We're going to give another one here in, in a little while. Kind of just going through what he went through and uh, leading you up to tonight's program. The rest of the week is all really important, and this whole week of shows is really important. Mm-hmm. You kind of see the reason. You probably noticed Glenn transitioning a little bit over the past few years. We haven't gone into full detail on that, and, and, and he went into it finally last night. Um, and I'm, I'm glad he finally acknowledged that we were carrying the show. Um, and he finally acknowledged that last night. Yes. Um, you know, look, the reason for ev- all of the success is obviously sitting right here, right, right yeah, he did. He, he did, did finally acknowledge finally it, and we we appreciate that. I mean, we, mm-hmm. I think people knew. Uh, yeah, they did. But he finally acknowledged that last they night. Did. And uh, so we'll show you the rest of that uh, coming up here in, in a little while. Um, have you seen the uh, Drudge Report with the machine that's doing the Karate Kid kind of thing, standing yeah. on one leg, I, about to do that robot. kick? The, what do they call that? The crane, the crane. thing? Uh, there's a robot capable of doing that now from Google. These Google machines are supposedly pretty amazing. They uh, researchers have taught the robots to stand on one leg. Uh, it can walk, jump, and drive a car. What? Really? I. It's hard to believe, isn't it? The Atlas robot uh, from Boston Dynamics, which is now owned by Google, is a high mobility humanoid robot designed to negotiate outdoor rough terrain. It can walk bipedally, so it walks like a person, leaving the upper limbs free to lift, carry, and manipulate the environment. In extremely challenging terrain, Atlas is strong and coordinated enough to climb using hands and feet to pick its way through congested spaces. It's got all these sensors all over it so it can, you know, see where it's going. Uh, They're they're coming a long way. And I always kind of consider the robot, the robotics to be a Japanese sort of thing. But apparently, we've made some pretty serious strides.
forward in uh, in robots. I'm kind of surprised, though, we don't have any yet in our homes. We still don't have any. And I'll, I'll, it, it won't really be super impressive until we do. Until you right. have them in your home. Yeah, I mean, that's... Doing it's, stuff for it, you. It does seem like it's coming. And, and this is one of the things we talk about, which is so tough with Google. Because there's so many things that are, you know, borderline creepy to creepy. Yeah. Uh, yet they also do everything better than everyone else. Like, every one of their products really essentially is better than everybody else's version of that product. Think of this. If it ever went bad, okay, this robot is 6'2 and 330 pounds. So... Well, they did a documentary... Uh, about that, about ten years ago. Really? Uh, did they? Called iRobot. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was about and, the Google uh, it did robot. Not turn out good. No. Oh, it did not. No. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. Weird. <laughs> I mean, you could argue, and uh, seriously, you could argue Android versus iPhone. I prefer the iPhone. But outside, and I know Jeffy prefers Android. But outside of that, is there any like their maps are the best maps, right? Yes. Their uh, their email is the best is the best designed email. Uh, their, uh, what else do they have? Uh, the Google Drive is arguably, it's certainly one of the best. You like Chrome terms. better than... Chrome uh, is way better Chrome than Internet Explorer. It's not even close. Way better. Uh, you know, I, I, you can, Search engine, of course. I think you mentioned at the top yeah. is, is second to none. Of course, yeah, that's the most obvious one. Been. Yeah. I mean, we, we didn't even bother uh, mentioning that, but that's the most it, obvious one. It just one. goes without saying. Yeah. Right? It's so There's much nothing better. else that anybody even uses. Does anybody use Bing? I mean, I, they dumped I a lot of money consider into it. it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even consider it. Yeah. Um, uh, there was another one I just thought of, uh, too. Oh, I mean, the best video service is YouTube, which is owned by Google. Yeah. Um, I really. They didn't start that. Uh, they didn't I, invent that. Here's one that sucks. Uh, Google Plus. That one did not work. Right. Um, yeah. As compared to whatever Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever you want to compare it to. And Google Plus is not keeping up in that well. But I True. mean, outside of that, I mean, they are an unbelievable success story. And now their robotic machines are supposedly going to change the world. Yeah. And the, the Google car, the, the driverless car. I, I was just thinking about that the other day. You know, we talked about how it's a little bit creepy and a little bit weird, and, and some of us who have been driving our whole lives are going to have a hard time getting used to that if, if this really becomes prevalent, as they think it will, in the next decade or yeah. two. Well, I saw a picture, uh, I think it was on Reddit or something, fairly recently, where they, the guy, someone was just driving behind one of them. Just out on the, out oh, on the, really? just out on the highway. Look, what, look what's driving in front of me. It's just a Google wow. car. Wow. Crazy. Does it say Google? Yeah, car yeah it on says it, something. Or? It has something that identifies it. And you see the little thing on top of it. And, and it looked fine. It was just I driving mean, normally? It drive, no, drove normally. You could tell it was different and had like a bunch of devices on it. And it said mm -hmm. something like, you know, here's a Google car or something like that. You know, where, where this is a self driving car. Um, now, I, I don't, you know, in theory, the person could just be driving the car normally and have that feature off. But apparently right. they're out there. I mean, they're legal to go out on the roads. And, and they, don't, they don't come equipped with a steering wheel. As, oh, really? As I understand it, there's no steering So there's wheel. no option to drive by yourself? I don't think there's an option to drive by yourself. I thought there yourself. was. See, I would not be comfortable. I would not be comfortable with that. But I thought if, you, if they had a steering wheel and you're driving over a long distance and you become really tired, how great would it be to turn it over to the car mm -hmm. and have it take you the rest of the way while you sleep? How, how many lives would that save? Well, and they talk about, you know, the, it is a huge problem. Like, it's tough. These are the tough issues, I think for society to deal with when you're dealing with something with technology. Because you have, you know, put it in the, the, the terms of global warming for a minute, and I know probably most people in this audience agree on global warming. But put it in that you're trading this thing of unknown negatives mm -hmm. towards something that is, uh, you know, pragmatically solvable now. And it's like, okay, we can have 
uh, we can actually get energy prices lower. We can have we can we can go drill. We can we can keep people with more of their money. We can create jobs. We can do all of these things. But there's this sort of unknown down the road that, in theory, could be really negative. It's the same thing with cars. It's like I know in my head, like down the road. Most likely, these cars are going to be eventually developed to the point where they're fine. Mm -hmm. But it still makes me uncomfortable thinking about not having control like that. No doubt about it. You know, but again, if you put them in practice, you probably save actual real human lives. Not this thought of like, oh, down the road, something bad could happen. But human lives would be saved now. Mm-hmm. If people yeah. were in these things, and these cars, uh, a couple of the pictures that I brought up of the self-driving cars look like they have steering wheels. Oh, okay. they do. So you might, I, I had heard you they might actually don't use the stew idea with the flying cars, with the self-driving cars, just make it so you have, you know, outside of cities, you know, or small communities, mm-hmm. you would they drive themselves. You'd save lives on the highway big time. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so like, you, uh, the flying cars, you don't fly around over the city. Instead cities, of falling asleep at the wheel, you that. turn it over to the car and yeah. let it drive itself. Yeah, and that's how I think well, Jeffy kind of referenced something that pointed me earlier. So we've always gone back and forth about flying cars, and we kind of yeah, come I to love the that conclusion that you know it's never going to happen. But I think the way it could happen yeah. is just you don't even control it. It's not like you're a pilot and you're flying one of these things because it's just like I want to go from this point to this point, go, and some sort of GPS system. Tells the cars, you know, is controlled and it tells the cars so it avoids other cars that are in the air and everything else, and it kind of everyone just goes without driving. I I don't, you know, but again, I mean, you know, you could make the argument probably before cars, probably people had the same arguments. What are people going to drive 90 miles an hour down this road next to each other, 10 feet away from each other? They're all going to crash all the time, and you don't. Right. You know? Every innovation, that's been the case. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to Rachel in Mississippi. Uh, Rachel, you're on patents too. Hi. Hi, Stu. Hi, Hi Rachel. How uh, are you? Hi, Pat. Hi. I just wanted to make a comment on what y'all was saying about the uh, robots, how they could stand on one leg and how they were almost mm-hmm. human-like. Yeah. If they, and you said they were mostly made in America, that it seemed like something to... Chinese would come up with. Mm-hmm. If they mass produced them in the United States, we could use them as soldiers if they put armor on them that was, you know, non penetrative oh, armor uh, and mm-hmm. make them strong enough to carry that armor. We could use them as soldiers. And as far as the vehicles driving themselves, we could put them in the vehicles and send them into war instead of sending our soldiers into war. Yeah, there's it a would. well. Those would be our soldiers. Yeah, and there's a there was a documentary called Clone Wars uh, on this, um, and it was uh, it was. How did it turn out? It never turns out well. Did it? No, no I, I I actually totally think that's coming. I don't I don't know that we'll see it in our li- lifetime. Yeah, we I, might. I we're already seeing robots it's in, an interesting in thought. the battlefield, though. I mean, Thanks, we've Rachel. got drones. We've got uh, yeah, we already have it started. Backpack donkeys and hauling stuff, and we've got the drones they use for bomb explosives and all that. And all. Always the situation mm-hmm. is we learn later on that we had things we didn't know about and previously. Right. I mean, like when we found out about the stealth bomber far after we had the stealth bomber, like, you know, there's things like, mm-hmm. you know, they've talked about the, the mini the mini robots that are like the size of a fly right. that flies in and is able to listen to things or do think, you know, land on someone, potentially kill them. Uh, who I mean, we don't know what, what process, how far we are along on that process, but you've got to figure out if Google is doing this. Uh, that What's our military, military is got to be doing something like that or better. You would think. If they want it. 
Yeah. Um, you know, so, you know, that's it's it's a bizarre thing. But I mean, with the essentially unlimited resources of the military, you know, you know, we're leading this way. At least we were until, you know, I'll say 2008 ish. And they've got to break us in. I mean, most of the studies, I was just, I was actually just reading a robot study, and they talked about, uh... <laughs> oh, God, where is Sarah when you need her to pull audio? I was just reading a robot study. <laughs> what a weird <laughs> sentence, but I know what you mean. Okay. Uh, is that uh, the, uh, the robots that look more like people, we're, we don't like. If, the, if you look like a human, I we don't like them that. because huh. we know that there's something off about it. We yeah. think, hey, that's yeah, not a human. Uh, doesn't you're seem not right. acting yeah. like the human. But you're okay but if, with a little if they vacuum look like cleaner. A robot, if they look like, you know, like this guy mm -hmm. that Google's got, it looks like a robot. Yep. It's yeah. like iRobot. You knew the difference between humans and robots. Yeah. So you were okay with it. But now we've they've gradually got to break us in through that. It's interesting. I, I, that's a really interesting point, Jeffy. I can't believe I just said that. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, bet, I bet that's true. Um, that the further away from humans, the less people have problems with it. In that a drone, which is essentially a freaking robot, right. people don't have much problems with it at all. We've seen that, you know, you'll find studies that can show 60, 70 percent are totally fine with what they do. And they've killed more people than any other robot. Right, other robots <laughs> don't do anything. They just, so. like, serve you pancakes or something. Yeah. I mean, they don't do much of anything at all. Yeah, they clean your floor. Which I'm yeah. personally not opposed to having the robot serve me pancakes. I am fully... Where Where's are the pancakes? Serving more pancakes. patents, too, coming up with pancakes. Triple eight seven two seven back. How long have we been talking about pancakes being served by robots? Over 15 How do we not... seconds now. Come on. Where's the... Call IHOP. Let's get some food in here. There was a robot like that in a documentary, so it was called Rocky IV, in which a man named Paul received... Hi everybody. We're just doing um, show planning. I was just uh, I was just noticing here that we, we were just talking about the robots thing, and then there, there's this report. Just wanted to mention <clears throat> that uh, says that 50 percent, half of the current jobs we now have won't exist by 2025. Right. So 10 years from now, half the jobs we now have and bring in money are gone. And they say from self-driving cars to care bots for for the elderly, all those things are going to be replaced. That's just that's amazing. That that's revolutionary. It is. I mean, this is how fast our world is changing. I mean, I don't. The number of fifty percent of our jobs won't be here. Well, if you had to put a date on that, I would have said ah, by twenty seventy-five. That's what I would have said. You know, I mean, I'm not surprised that's going to happen, and I think that's earliest. a good thing. But that's really fast, really fast, really fast. This ties into the net neutrality thing a little bit that happened. Um, Obama brought this up yesterday. I don't think we need to play his clip, honestly. You know, it's it's Obama, and I don't want it's to hear him the talk. The dumbest segment. Maybe we it? should show the very beginning. <laughs> okay, I'll play it. Go ahead. Let's show the beginning because watch what they do. There's a little trick they use here. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Ever yeah, that since was the, the internet right was there. created. It's been organized so, around. Wow. Okay, okay stop it. Put, stop him for a oh, second. That's his Saturday. They thing. used a fake buffer on a uh, net neutrality. Wow. Your internet is slowing down thing because of these evil corporations. So they put in this fake buffering message to trick you into thinking that your message was buffered. It's not buffering. When was the last time something buffered? <laughs> it's been. It, it hardly ever happens. Hardly ever happens. At least not on a clip like that. Come on. 
Come on. No, it's, it's, it's pretty much doesn't, and that's really pathetic. <clears throat> yeah, it's really, I mean, it's an underhanded, really bad, it's the kind of people they are. Worth, worth watching this Minute 22 clip? Uh, yeah, I guess All we right, could. Let's, let's watch let's it. Go here, ahead. here it is, Obama on net neutrality. Look at that. That's amazing. Hi, everybody. Ever since the Internet was created, uh -huh. it's been organized around basic principles of openness, yeah. fairness, and freedom. It still is. There are no gatekeepers deciding which sites you get to access. Fairness. There are no the toll roads on the information superhighway. There still aren't. This set of principles, <clears throat> the idea of net neutrality, mm -hmm. has unleashed the power of the Internet and given innovators the chance to thrive. It's absolutely. So what's the problem? This is not how this would threaten to end the Internet as we oh know it. God. It. That's why I'm laying out a plan to keep the Internet free and open. Oh, good. That's why I'm urging the Federal good. Communications Commission to do everything they can to protect net neutrality for everyone. Good gosh. I should make it clear that whether you use a computer, yeah. phone, or tablet, mm -hmm. Internet providers have a legal obligation not to block or limit your access to a website. Who's doing that? Cable companies can't decide which online stores you can shop at. Who's doing that? streaming services you can use. And they can't let any company pay for priority over its competitors. To put these protections in place, I'm asking the FCC to reclassify Internet service under Title II of a law known as the Telecommunications Act. Yeah, we're making it a English, public I'm utility to recognize in plain that for most Americans, English. The Internet has become an essential part of everyday communication and mm. everyday life. This is something that the conservatives That's in general disagree man. on. There, there, <clears throat> people, there are a lot of conservatives that will write and they'll say that I, I love the net neutrality thing. Some people like it. First of all, the, the, the Internet has been free. It is free. It has been free. Uh, it, it has been the be least. The reason why it has changed the world is because it hasn't been regulated at all. Right. People have been able to do whatever, pretty much whatever, outside of child porn, selling drugs, stealing uh, copyrighted stuff. Well, very few exceptions. You've been be able to do few. almost anything. Yes. And all of those things, by the way, exist in bounty on the Internet. Yes. Yep. They just haven't been caught. Right. OK, so to, to <laughs> act as if we are putting a law into uh, to maintain what we've had is a lie because we didn't have laws that entire time. Yeah. The, there was no law stopping Verizon, for example, from doing these things to you all of this time. And yet you've had this wonderful success of the Internet. Mm -hmm. We also have to act as if there's going to be no improvements in Internet. For example, right now, if you don't want one of the big providers, you can get a wireless Internet through your phone, typically, in almost every area in the country. Mm -hmm. And you might say, well, that's too slow for Netflix. Well, it is now. But what's the Internet going to look like in five years, in ten years? Easy. They're trying, they're rushing to get this net neutrality done because they know it's completely irrelevant. If they don't grab control Absolutely right irrelevant. now, no need for it there's going to be no need all. for it at all. And here's the thing. What, what conservatives who support this don't understand is this net neutrality thing was started by free press. It's an organization that was started literally by Marxists. It's a Marxist organization run by Marxists for Marxist purposes. They are not trying to make the Internet more free. They are trying to take control of the Internet. Yeah. They want to regulate the Internet. They want to make it less free and open and accessible. And, and, and it's just that there's a basic, and we'll, we'll go, we need to do more on this tomorrow because we, we have the Glenn clip we coming do. up. But let's, let's schedule a, a segment on this tomorrow, maybe at the same time. And, yeah, we need okay. to go into this deeper. Because we need to go into the ways that the internet would change right. if, if this new net neutrality thing happens. And we need to go into what, what is fair here. Yeah. Uh, does a company that lays down wires not have the right to do what they want with the wires they've put down? Of course they do. They own them. Of course they do. It should be. Every conservative, I think, should agree with that. But anyway, 
actually, this is a good, uh, good way to do it. Write in, if you're a person who supports net neutrality, write in your arguments, uh, Twitter, at uh, World of Stew, at Pat and Stew. Give us some of them, and we can go mm -hmm. back and forth about it. Cause I, I've read long, long essays from conservatives who, have, who, who support it and those who have opposed it. And right now, I, I don't understand. The, the, uh, to me, it just doesn't connect with me, the, the yeah. side that's supporting it. We'll get into it more tomorrow. 888-727-BECK is the phone number. Glenn's uh, update on his health situation is coming up next. Uh, back with Pat and Stu in a minute. I just don't get that. Oh, it's, it's crazy. It's like you're Verizon. Absolutely. You do all this work to deliver internet. You have one side, like Netflix, who's using tons and tons of things. We got to get right to this clip uh, from last night. Uh, if you if you missed the show of Glenn explaining uh, his health crises the last few years, especially the last. I'd say 18 months to two years. It's been pretty, pretty severe. Uh, he explained it really well last night. And uh, here's a chunk of what he was talking about as Stu eats Doritos. Then there was something new that started with me. It was um, something that was happening to my body. I was going into a seizure-like state. This is me actually coming out of a surgery. Um, I'm not aware at this point. Um, it happens when I do fall asleep. It happens when I wake up in the morning. Uh, it sometimes happens during the day. It's most predictable if I'm on an airplane. It's why I don't travel commercially because, oh, the press would have had a field day with this. Anything with an altitude, I think, over 7,000 feet and pressurization, it causes me to go into a seizure. It also happens after extreme exertion, and it is worse after a performance or a speech or after a show, the staff that has been with me um, backstage or has flown with me over the last couple of years usually is pulled off to the side and has a quiet talk with my wife before boarding the plane to alert them what's going to happen to me. As sometimes we have found that it is harder on my friends to witness than it is on me. Most afternoons, my hands will start to shake or my hands and feet begin to curl up and I become in a fetal position and uh, when it gets real bad my friends just kind of try to uncurl me. It has baffled some of the best doctors in the world. It has frightened me and my family as we didn't know what was happening. About 18 months ago I checked into a hospital in New York City for some extensive testing I had some of the best doctors in the world look at me from IQ testing, you know, they did crazy tests, testing for seizures, concussions, EEGs, you name it. One of the most frightening points in my life happened during that hospital stay. I was given a test for, that's given to people with traumatic brain injury, TBI. I did so poorly on this test, the doctors shared the results with my wife and didn't focus on them with me. I never wanted to see the results. I knew I was functioning at about the bottom 10%. I knew when I couldn't figure out simple math problems or remember a series of words, I was in real trouble. I was told at the time that um, I would have somewhere between five and ten years before I would no longer be able to function. I would be 
like that old man, except I would be 55. We could not figure it out. Something was happening with my brain. Was it stress-related? Maybe it's some rare disorder that began as a child, something else. Nobody can put their finger on it. But the life of Muhammad Ali and the way he functions was the image that I was left with without any plan to get better. And things were getting worse quickly. I was told by doctors to go home and take a year off. This is the network that you are building. That won't work. I was told to take a year off and enjoy the days with my children. What I had always assumed my latter days would be like were not so distant anymore. The great thing is, I am married to a great woman, Tanya. Tanya and I never accepted that um, diagnosis. Um, but we had to find a better answer. And at the same time, we needed to prepare. My pivot point came one night shortly after returning home. We were all in the kitchen, and um, the family was all there, and I had an attack. And I was down between the sink and the stove on the ground. And my whole family was around me, and my sweet wife was on the floor with me. And I saw the faces of my children. And the idea that I would someday not remember them, um, nor would I remember my soon-to-be-born grandchild, hit me like a bag of bricks. And we looked at each other, and I asked, what am I doing? Maybe we should all just move up into the mountains and spend time together. Tanya was not for this for a couple of reasons. One, I would drive her nuts if I wasn't working. But we kept thinking about the consequences of not stopping the doctors were telling me, if you don't stop, it's going to get worse. But I was haunted by the fact that the Lord hadn't told me what to do. Doctors had. And I kept asking and we kept praying and we kept getting the same answer. What if the doctors were right? But the quiet voice that we heard was, yes, but what if they are wrong? My ability to function grew to be so bad that there were meetings that I couldn't follow what was really being said. On TV, we began to do more taped pieces and interviews. On radio, Pat and Stu, who were among the very few that knew everything, um, learned quickly to cover for me and pick the show up, sometimes in the middle of a sentence. People, even my senior staff, however, began to ask, does Glenn even care about what we're building? They didn't know at the time the answer was yes, deeply. But it was growing harder for me every day to focus. I didn't know at the time, but my left brain was losing a great deal of function. And as time went on, it was almost impossible for us to hide. During a concert series with the Millennial Orchestra last spring, my condition was getting worse and worse, and the fact that I didn't listen to my wife, and I had, I did six concerts in ten days because I had made a commitment to them early on, 
and it happened after a day of flying wasn't helping much and so Pat was called in for the last two performances he came he came just in case I was unable to finish we didn't we didn't even know how we were going to make this transition in the middle of a performance if all of a sudden I couldn't perform anymore and he didn't even know if he could do it he had never listened to the show it was hearing the music from the first time uh, for the first time he was in the wings of the stage he was trying to make enough notes to step in if needed he was terrified because if I didn't make it through the first performance neither of us knew what he was going to do because he had never seen the show he had never heard the music and what made it worse I wasn't working off of a script the script was in my head for the entire two and a half hour performance and at that point it was getting fuzzy my friends have been put through the ringer one night we were flying back from a speech in Canada and my friends and my wife carried me from an airplane to the hotel room they have distracted waiting crowds to allow me time to get me out of the back way without ever saying anything but a prayer but out of it all and this is why I wanted Tanya here boy kids it matters who you marry my wife went through the worst I couldn't help but think this is definitely not what she signed up for 40 years with a kind of tubby and senile man my wife has gotten up with me every morning at 5 a.m. many days she would tie my shoes or button my shirts <laughs> the simple things that you take for granted she's been amazing she has done it with kindness and joy and love and let me tell you there is nothing more emasculating for a man than not being able to take care of yourself it has taught me a ton and it has taught us about our marriage and it has made our marriage very very strong she used to say I feel as though you don't need me and I never understood that because I need her so much <laughs> she didn't say that anymore meanwhile while this was going on I had a company to run and so just over two years ago I began to search for my replacements Pat and Stu for my radio show maybe Buck Sexton or Dana for TV almost everybody in my company I have stood away from and looked at for what piece they would fill but the hardest part to fill was somebody that could actually think completely out of the box uh, creatively and knew how to tell a great story when I hired this guy uh, many of my long-term partners didn't understand while all of a sudden I had a shadow all the time they're like who's this guy and what is he doing they didn't know about my condition they didn't know what I had asked him to do 
I'm going to introduce you to him in the next couple of nights. He is the head of the American Dream Labs. His name is Ben McPherson. Seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu. Uh, you know it's evident in that uh, clip uh, of Glenn and uh, what he was saying last night was the uh, awkwardness that Tanya was feeling, not being asked a single thing <laughs> and not being allowed to say a single word. We uh, <laughs> well, one single word. I believe she actually uttered the word no, which is probably <laughs> what she should have offered when they said, "Hey, you going to come on the air?" No. no. Um, we actually brought this up to Glenn because we have all been in this situation. Oh man, many times. Uh, there was a um, a Ask Glenn Anything type of show that went on fairly recently where you and Dan got looped in. Oh my in, gosh! And they asked me to do it too. So what they what Glenn asked for was all three of us: Dan, Pat, and Stu yeah. together to mm-hmm. ask questions to Glenn. From the audience, which right. you don't, you barely need one person to do that. All you need is a microphone for the person to say it. Now, it was supposed to be the entire show. Right. And so, of course, what happens? Mm. I, I bailed on it because I had other stuff I had to do that day, thankfully. What happened? Yeah. So, Jen and I are over on the, on the set over there. I mean, way over across the set. Mm-hmm. Glenn's over here by the audience. And uh, so, the plan was, okay, we're going to ask you questions throughout the show. You come back and forth between us. Hello, America, and right to the questions. Yeah. I asked one question, and Dan asked two. I asked one in one hour, one question, and Dan asked two. Did you watch our Talk elect- election coverage? Um, we were <laughs> yeah. told before we went on the air on the election coverage, <laughs> hey, I want you guys interrupting all the time, mm-hmm. jumping in with questions. Mm-hmm. I want you guys just 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 stop the yeah. broadcast, yell it out. We went, we did, uh, they moved our segment multiple times, but we did do two uh, short segments. Yes. Uh, and then once Glenn left, we did a bunch. Yeah. So we I were was actually useful. surprised we were on as much as, as, much we, as were. we were. Because I wouldn't have been surprised yeah. if we hadn't shown up the whole show. Yes. Uh, I'll give you another <laughs> example. Uh, probably the worst one of all um, would, would be David Buckner, the oh. economist. Yeah. Who? Um, oh my gosh! Oh yes. my god! So, oh my gosh! On the stage show. <laughs> yes. in Pittsburgh. Oh, that's so great. <laughs> so we're doing. We're told that Glenn's going to do the show, and he's going to build a car, which is going to show how we're going to rebuild America or something. Mm-hmm. And he's got David Buckner there. They're going to bounce these numbers off of each other. They're, it's going to be great. So Glenn then decides to bail on the car analogy right before the show for no reason. Like he just decides the show's completely different than what we've been planning, mm-hmm. which is fine. This is what Glenn does. But he says he's still going to talk to David Buckner. So he has David kind in of the car. in the car sitting there <laughs> on, on the stage. stage. So he's sitting in this convertible on the stage yep. as, as Glenn's doing his act. Doing his act. He's going to go to him and bounce <laughs> stuff off. He never goes to him. Not So David once. sits on stage for two hours. Nobody knows why he's no. there. They don't know why the car is there. They don't know who David is or why he's on stage. He's just sitting in a convertible on the stage. Oh, poor David. For an hour and a half, like an two hour, hours? It was an hour and a half, two hours. I think he may have addressed him once. Like kind of explaining. I'm going to talk to David in a second. But let me tell you about end of show. That's the way it works here. Sorry, Tony.